With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood podcast edition. We have been preempted once again by Sunday night NFL. And usually we are coming to you live on AM radio KEIB AM 1150 uh, football season gets weird and you know good for KEIB you got the NFL on there who needs Joe Escalante right and his legal zoom commercials well you do okay this is uh you know the podcast I don't have to describe the podcast if you're listening to this podcast you know we do showbiz business and I don't have to belabor what we're doing I don't have to do a lot of things we're doing when we do a podcast, and one of them is talk loud, like with my AM radio voice, my podcast voice. Okay. Legal Zoom. We are brought to you by Legal Zoom. Legal Zoom, you type in the word vandals, you save money. You're going to need a Legal Zoom account someday. You might as well get one now. I'll tell you what, just for some fun, I'm going to read one of my old Legal Zoom commercials that I found. I've been doing commercials for them for. 10 years, 12 years, I don't know, since 2006, 13 years. It's a lot, of, long time to be working with an innovative new upstart legal company, a disruptor. Joe Escalante here from Barely Legal Radio. That's what my show used to be called. Know anyone in a band? Wait, you're in a band. Does your band have a written partnership agreement to prevent disputes that may come up in your band? Of course not. You're in a band, you lazy pile. Maybe you're not lazy. But this sounds too expensive. Well, thanks to me, LegalZoom.com has a band partnership agreement now, and it's $30. You cheap bastard. I used to be mean when I did these these spots. I'm not that mean anymore. What do you do about a band's leaving members? These are good questions. What do you, new members get? T-shirt money? Who owns the van when you break up? And you will break up. But reunion shows are sweet. And lucrative. Don't get stabbed in the back by ex-members of your band or in the front, which happens. Go to LegalZoom.com and get the band partnership agreement today. Remember, LegalZoom offers no legal advice. It's a document preparation help at your specific direction. And type in the word vandals in the name of my form the name of my formerly credible punk band whenever you check out for extra savings on most documents. Except for the one we just talked about. Yeah, I think like uh, this document's so cheap they don't give you a discount on it. But anyway, uh, get yourself an account. You don't have a band. doesn't matter. You're going to need a trust or a will, and you're going to need uh, business documents. Anyway, okay. LegalZoom.com. And um, I got enough of that. Now let's start the show. The box office. What's happening this week that we feel like talking about? Number one, Jumanji. Haven't seen it. Will I see it? I don't know. Maybe Jack Black is awesome. 
uh, it's just killing it. 60 bajillion at the box office this week. And 60 million. Ah, oh, many are called, but few are frozen. Two. 19 bajillion this week. Um, but it's been out for a few weeks. Four weeks, actually. They're, just, uh, they're over a billion, I think, uh, worldwide. Knives Out, number three. I didn't see it. It doesn't really interest me that much. I, the trailer was so long, it told you everything that's going to happen. That's my theory. If a trailer's really long and if it tells you everything, it means the movie's not good. So they're throwing everything into the trailer to try to get people to go because word of mouth is so bad about on it. So I'm not going to see that. Richard Jewell, I am going to see that. Uh, there's some articles saying that the controversy about Richard Jewell, and I guess we could talk about that. The contra- There's some controversy. Richard Jewell movie is directed by 90-year-old Clint Eastwood. you got to see it just for that. The Atlantic Constitution, I think it's the name of the newspaper there, they, um, you know, they got on the bandwagon and they said this guy is probably guilty. He's the guy who saved people when there was a bomb at the Olympics, and they got on the bandwagon of people saying, did he save people, or did he set the bomb so he could save people and become a hero? Someone came up with that theory, and they totally were wrong. So they smeared him, ruined his life, and he sued them. And he won, I believe, or they wouldn't have made a movie about it, right? Um, And then there was some stuff in there. So they fictionalized some things, And the reporter was cozy with the FBI agent. In the movie, they say that she slept with the FBI agent. Of course, she's no longer living, so she can't really say. They don't talk to the FBI agent. I don't know anyone who has. So that's pretty rough. And they're saying, well, you know, not everything. It's just, you know, fictionalized. We're making a story. We exaggerate some stuff. So is that – but that makes the the paper look bad. So the paper's mad at them. So some people are saying this controversy has uh, hurt the box office because it should have been higher. only made $5 million. So it's pretty low. Lowest um, weekend for a Clint Eastwood movie, like ever. But it's hard to – I mean you haven't heard of that controversy probably, and you're you're a moviegoer. Or if you did hear about it, well, you know, I just don't think why would anyone care one way or the other. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Or I'm not gonna. Well, I guess they're saying yeah, it, it, the Atlanta Constitution is running around saying this is a phony movie. The point of the movie is that as is the the that paper ruined this guy's life. Let's not turn that paper into the victim. How's that? Okay. Uh, number five. Black Christmas. Number six, Ford versus Ferrari. Seven, Queen and Slim. Eight, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which I like. I also like Ford versus Ferrari, but I like Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood better. Uh, number nine, Dark Waters. Number 10, 21 Bridges. Now, where's Jojo Rabbit? It's always hovering in the top 20. It's number 18 this week, number 15 last week. So it's, it's dropping Honey Boy, which I saw. I think we talked about that last week. Uh, that's um, holding steady at number 20. And Bombshell, the movie about the um, Fox News ladies. Well, it's only did 312,000. It's only in four theaters, though. Okay, 
So that's a, a platform opening, I think they call that. And it'll go wide later. What did Joe see? Let's get to the... Uh, I got a little docket here. I got to print it out. We go in order. And do the podcast. I don't have an engineer, a producer, just me up in the studio, Planet of the Tapes, if you want to know the name of my studio. Where are we going from here? Well, where's my docket? There it is. Okay. That letterboxed. I didn't really input anything this week yet. I haven't done my Marriage Story. That's the movie I saw this week. Marriage Story and um, Hiroshima Mon Amour from the Criterion Channel. I love the Criterion Channel. And it's just, you know, very well curated, you know, Criterion movies, epic movies. And there was a movie featuring your host, Joe Escalante, on during November, um, the Roger Corman film, Suburbia. I watched that with my wife because we hadn't seen it in decades. Uh, a very young Joe Escalante playing the drums in The Vandals in a pivotal scene. We got two songs in that thing, too. And um, some mention. Yeah, it's just pretty good thing for us. But it's one of those things where after... I graduate from high school. I'm in two movies, one Roger Corman, two Penelope Spheres movies, right away. And so it gives you the illusion that you're going to be a professional rock star, which you're not. So be careful of that stuff that happens. You know, it's not, it's got to be, you got to step back and go, what, what, what's really important? What, am I, what should I really be doing with my life? So I stayed in college. I went to law school and I worked in TV. Very happy. Now, uh, let's go to The Ankler, the newsletter that I like to talk about, I like to read, and you should probably get. The Ankler, Richard Rushfeld. Uh, this is in the Streaming Wars um, department of the show. And I'm just going to say, he, he sent out a um, – he's kind of handicapping the streaming channel, seeing who's doing best. I mean, I think it's obvious that Disney Plus is just a sensation, and it's it's in a great position. Uh you know, and they gave away a year of subscription to anybody who has a Verizon phone, I believe. And so that, that got them up to 10 million in their first day, 10 million subscribers. And their goal is 60 to 90 million, so they're pretty far from that. And how many does Netflix have? Like 160 million? Yeah. I don't know. And Netflix has uh, cannot grow anymore in the United States. Pretty much everybody has Netflix who's going to have it. Some people who have it are going to die, and some new people that don't have it are going to be born. But basically, they've reached the max there. So they ha- the only way they can grow is in places like India and South America. I don't think China lets them in. Now, so we've got the... Uh, oh, so what does the ankler say? Their basic takeaways, they're trying to tell you that Disney's doing great and they have, you know, they have all the characters and They've got the moms and they've got the dads. Netflix just made a deal with uh, Nickelodeon for all their catalogs. So, you know, if you if your kid likes Nickelodeon stuff, you're going to have to keep that Netflix. If your kid likes Disney stuff, you're going to have to have that. You're probably going to have to have both. But what uh, Rushfield says is, you know, Netflix hasn't had a hit like Stranger Things in a while. And the big hits are things like um, 
Secession, The Watchmen, um, things that are just not on Netflix. They're on HBO. Um, Mrs. Maisel, it's on Amazon. It's really good, by the way. So they're losing their content. They're losing their Disney content. They're losing their Warner Brothers content. Uh, They have to make their own hits, and they don't really have them. So pretty soon, the accounting is going... His point is the accounting is... There's going to be a a reckoning because they're so far in debt, they're going to have to cut costs eventually to make the shareholders not freak out and bail out uh, by selling all their shares. So they're going to have to cut costs. And when and Rushfield's theory is when they cut costs, less people will go... Less less, um, content creators will go to them with their stuff. So you're not going to have Scorsese and his Irishman coming to them because they don't have enough money to make a $220 million movie anymore. So they'll have less to spend, they'll get worse stuff, and then Rushfeld calls that a death spiral, that they will go into a death spiral. You know, no, no good programming, uh, no money, and then lose subscribers, and then they're like Friendster, which is now like a Filipino gaming site. Do I believe that? Not really, because I think they'll figure it out. They figured it out when DVDs were going out of style, so they just have to figure something out. So I think uh, their death is exaggerated. Now into the defamation portion of the show. Uh, There has been a ruling in one of the Shia LaBeouf cases. If you saw Honey Boy, you see what happened to Shia LaBeouf as a kid. You have a little more sympathy for him because we see all these videos of him having rants. And he just looks like he's crazy. But you know what? He did not have it easy. So in May of 2017, you've probably seen this in the video, he had a dust-up with a bartender at Jerry's Famous Deli, which I think is also a bowling alley or something out in the valley. And he, they wouldn't serve him. And he got really mad. And he started calling the guy a racist. You effing racist. You effing racist. I can't even play the video. I was going to play the audio for you. I can't because it's just you effing racist. You effing racist. I guess I could because this is just a podcast. But I can't because morally I just cannot do it. Um, you effing racist. You effing racist. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And all the guy did is say, hey, I can't serve you, guy. You're a little drunk. And obviously he was drunk. So what happened is the bartender sues him for... Because this, you know, this this video goes viral. So now you've called me a racist in public. People are. It's not true. It makes you spit on the ground. It makes people spit on the ground. Remember our defamation rules. This is what they're calling a slander suit. Slander and libel are two different kinds of defamation. Slander is when it's you say something defamatory verbally, 
defamation uh, libel is when you write something down and publish it that is defamatory. So this is a slander suit because he didn't write it down. He just said it in public. You're a racist. You're a racist. You're racist. He it's pretty unequivocal. There's no you know sarcasm. The bartender is not a public figure, so you don't have to prove malice. It's just a slander, and it's public and it's on video and everybody saw it. So he sues him, and then what does Shia LaBeouf do? Shia LaBeouf goes and gets Marty Singer's law firm, which is a little overkill. And I just think they don't serve their clients sometimes when they, because they 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 just uh, grandstand. And I like Shia LaBeouf, but when I read what his lawyers say, I like him less, because his lawyers are saying we are are filing a motion, an anti-slap motion, against the the person who filed this, the bartender, saying that he's infringing on our free speech. That's what an anti-slap motion does. A slap means a strategic lawsuit against public participation. And public participation means you have something meaningful to say, and you say it, and, you, and your speech is protected. Now, if someone files a frivolous lawsuit against you to shut you up, that is something that we, as a society, have decided after 200 and something years, you know, finally we have this kind of protection. We don't want you to... Um, stifles free speech by just suing people and um, suing them, suing their like suing their mouths shut because they don't have enough money to fight you. So you file this this anti-slap motion and say, "Hey, judge, they're trying to shut me up. I'm telling the truth here, and it's um, meaningful speech. It's protected speech, and they're trying to to shut me up with money and you know with their uh, they have all their money to to clog the courts up with this thing. And um, so I just like it dropped, and that's what you do in an anti-slap thing, and then they have to pay your legal fees. So now there's not really a big incentive to sue somebody just to get them to shut up. If they're if they're telling the truth and they have protected speech, it's hard to do because they'll file the anti-slap motion, and you'll have to pay their legal fees for going after them. So it discourages people from going after people frivolously like that. It's good law. Now, the uh, Marty Singer law firm is taking advantage of that and abusing it, and turning it on its head and saying... This is an anti-slap case because Shia LaBeouf has a right of free speech, and calling that guy a racist, um, he it, because he's famous and he calls the guy a racist, it's like, hey, let's talk about it. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but it's protected speech because he's a public figure, and when he says something, it becomes news. Now you're trying to shut up news. That's really what they're saying. They're terrible to, to twist it around like that. So, um, the judge said no. It's not how anti-slap works, guy. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. But that's that's so that's embarrassing. It's a black mark on on Shia LaBeouf to try to engage in that kind of legal shenanigans. But that's what Marty Singer does. All right, now we go to the free speech section of the show. And what I have here is a story that's very interesting. It's another abuse of the the the, the courts, maybe, depending. You, you tell me your opinion. So there's an independent filmmaker, and he shoots part of a commercial on public lands owned by the national parks or managed by the national parks for us, for you and me. And he doesn't get a, a film permit. Now, so I guess they look at the footage and they go, hey, what are you doing shooting in this national park without getting a permit? 
So they, I guess they find him, and then they said, uh, we're going to prosecute you, and we're going to, um, and there's criminal penalties for doing stuff like this. They dropped the criminal charges, but there were civil penalties they wanted him to pay. So he files a lawsuit against the national parks, which you really have to think about it this way. That's you and me and our parks. He's filing a lawsuit against us because he's saying it is unconstitutional to charge him a fee to shoot his commercials in the national parks. Now, if you're like me, I'm thinking, well, the more commercials you shoot in there and the more fees you pay, the less the national parks have to charge for other people and the more they can take care of the trees and the animals. So, you know, I want them to make money. You know, we own these things. What are we going to do with them? They're, they're public lands, and we, and we should be making money off them, but not from poor people that just, you know, want to see them or regular people. But if you're making commercials, come on, there's a lot of money in that. Pay, uh, get a permit and pay the fee because the, now we have to hire. If we don't charge him fee, we have to hire extra rangers to, like, police it and, you know, make sure they're not uh, disturbing the wildlife. I mean, it's, it's obvious. But this guy was so incensed that he's filing a lawsuit saying it's 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 unconstitutional. And his constitutional grounds is another, like, it's just misguided, I think. Um, he says, you tell me, that it's a content-based uh, restriction on speech. Because they don't charge, you know, regular people that go there and take pictures of uh, beavers. But they do charge him. Based on what? The fact that he's making a commercial. So are you saying that my commercial speech is is less valuable than these other people's speech and their activities? And he's saying that's unconstitutional because you can't restrict speech based on content. But, you know, that it, un, that's – I mean, even, even if you didn't go to law school, it doesn't – just doesn't sound right. But, you know, there are different levels of speech, different – and that's just the fact. Commercial speech is the least protected of speech. The most protected is like, you know, political speech. And you want to protect political speech. Commercial speech doesn't, you know, need a lot of it's like protecting people from um, you know, lying or puffing on commercials. And you say, hey, you can't do that. Oh no, that's free speech. It's protected. Nah, it's protected to a point, but not as much as political speech. Um so this guy's having a tantrum, and he's suing me and you. His name's Gordon Price. And he's not a total villain, but I'm not a fan. Yeah. Now, where do we go? We're just we're just moving right along. But but about we're almost tell me we're here. Oh, yeah, we're here about the uh, we're oh, we we left out one of the streaming wars. Things. So we're going back. I'm going to back up a little bit, like it's a Tarantino movie. Oh, look what happened a long time ago. Right now, this is this this is back in time during the streaming section. This is going to so boring too. So you're going to be like, "Wow, geez, why'd you even do this?" No, I have a point. Um, so Disney Plus, how are they going to get all these uh, subscribers? How are they going to? What do they do? This is kind of interesting. They just made a deal with the French uh, pay TV giant Canal Plus. Canal Plus. So. You're thinking like, well, how, why do they do that? Don't they? Don't people just buy Apple TV and watch it there? Not in every country. There's different ways people are going to watch Disney Plus. One of them is to be distributed by Canal Plus in 
France. Maybe Spain too later, because I know they have that there. I subscribe to some Canal Plus channels from Spain, which I won't even talk about because you don't like it probably. Now, so in France, they're going to do a combination of the OTT boxes over the top, like Apple TV or Roku and all that stuff, um, and then distribution through the cable channel. And the cable Canal Plus, they got you know, got tons of channels, so they could give them a lot of uh, on-demand options or just regular channels, and that's how they're going to do it. And they got to make deals like that all over the place. And I don't think they can just say, hey, it's on Apple TV. Uh, watch it, French guy. Because, you know, they need French programming. They got to work with the French government. And the French government's going to say, well, you got to partner with one of our French companies. Can't just take over. So that's what they're doing. It's a little distribution business for you. Now we are already at the Kanye West news. Because we whipped through this thing so fast. Here's the Kanye West news. Uh, it's actually Kim Kardashian West news this week. Now she, there's something called the vampire facial. Get this facial, I guess, and blood comes out, so they call it the vampire facial. And I guess she had one. And then the 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 dispute is, when she had one, this guy who makes the who does the facials, some plastic surgeon of some kind, he started advertising, putting her face on things, and saying this is the famous Kim Kardashian facial. And I guess um, one of the articles said that, that his practice, some people got AIDS from it. I don't know if it was his practice or one of them, but this particular type of a, of a facial, um, it's got problems associated with it. She doesn't want her face on that. And so that seems kind of a slam dunk. Stop using my, my picture. And stop using my name. And he licenses this procedure to other people. He's got 2,300 physicians in 50 countries that are licensed to perform uh, this procedure, he says. Um, so it seems like, yeah, stop. She didn't give you permission. You got to stop. But what he says is, look, you have promoted – Oh, he says you – like she said, oh, she, she mentioned that she got it on her Instagram and, and her TV show. Oh, I got this uh, vampire facial. And then, so, he's saying that since she did that without his permission, he gets to do whatever the hell he wants. So, it's not open and shut. So, the now, you know, maybe it does have to go to court. Maybe the court has to look at it and say, well, when she mentioned it on her show, um, did she need permission for that? But we know, I mean, you and I know. Of course he wanted her to mention it. Thanking her. Maybe he gave her a discount or whatever. But that's different than putting her face on your medical stuff and saying this is a Kim Kardashian product because she has a right to you know make her own deals and her own licensing um, deals for procedures and stuff like that. Can't just do it willy-nilly for free. Um, I did it. I whipped through everything, and now uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. Anything, any business to take care of? The Vandals are playing um, Saturday at the House of Blues, but it's sold out, so I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to beg you to come. And I can beg you. Oh, my Ancient Aliens episode, my latest one. Uh, I'm in the middle of another one right now. Um, I think it's going to be the best one ever that I've written. But the one that is recently on human hieroglyphs, 
Uh, it's now up. Like if you go to IMDb or if you just Google it, you can you can watch it for like some nominal fee. I don't know exactly what it is, but or if you have pay if you have um, cable and you have on demand, you can watch it. It's called Human Hieroglyphs, and you can also vote for it or uh, rate it on IMDb. If you rate it and it looks like it's one of the best ones, then somebody notices and says, "Hey, Joe Scalante writes the best ones." So let's artificially pump up that number. Uh, and you know, between that and you putting in vandals in the legal Zoom uh, referral code, you're going to just pump me into the outer stratosphere. Okay, I've done enough. I will talk to you guys next week, hopefully live on the radio and plus a podcast. And I will now leave you with just a taste of the greatest song ever written. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.